0: welcome to the podcast of selmore baptist church in ozark missouri to learn more about our church please visit selmorebaptist.com and now here's the sermon well i don't know about you guys but i am excited for 2021 and i am really looking forward to beginning a new sermon series this morning that should take us through the better part of this year, preaching chapter by chapter, verse by verse, through the book of Hebrews. The title for this series is Jesus is Better. And indeed, that is the theme of this entire book. Hebrews is basically one big sermon about Jesus. One man puts it this way. The central message of Hebrews is simple. Jesus Christ is superior. He is a better messenger than the angels. He is a better moderator than Moses, a better mediator than any human priest. In him we have a better covenant than that which is established in the Old Testament, a better method than ritual sacrifice, and a better monument than the tabernacle or temple. Because of Christ's superiority, the new covenant of Christianity is superior to all other religions and religious practices. And God's people said, amen. That in a nutshell is what we're going to be talking about over the course of the next year. Now, before we get started, there are a couple interesting things that you should know about the book of Hebrews. First, there is debate among scholars as to who wrote this book. Historically, the Apostle Paul has been credited with authorship. But there have also been those through history who have suggested authors such as Barnabas or Apollos or others. The book itself never tells us who wrote it. And so I suppose we will never truly know. Second, we don't know exactly to whom this letter is written. As the title of the book suggests, scholars believe that it was written to a group of Hebrew or Jewish Christians but we don't know exactly where they were at. It could have been Palestine, it could have been Asia Minor, it could have been Rome, or somewhere else altogether. Now, sometimes people who study Hebrews will get caught up in debating these details, but the important thing for us as we make our way through this book is to recognize that ultimately its human authorship and even the identity of its recipients are secondary considerations. The primary thing for us to know and believe is that this is a book inspired by the Holy Spirit of God that has a very important message for us today. And so if you believe that, if you're ready to get started one more time, say amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's begin reading this morning. Hebrews chapter 1. We'll begin our journey through this book by reading verse 1 and the first part of verse 2. Here's what the author says. God... Who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. We'll stop right there. The first thing I want us to see in these verses is the very simple yet foundational truth that God speaks. God speaks. Did you know that God has always spoken to his people and he still speaks to us today. God hasn't left us to fend for ourselves. He hasn't left us without a witness. He speaks to us. How encouraging is that? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that we hear the audible voice of God talking to us. Although I think many of us think that would be nice sometimes. When we have a particularly tough decision to make or are going through a difficult time in life, it seems like it would be comforting to actually hear God's audible voice. Then again, we may fall on our face and be rendered speechless, as was the Apostle Paul and others in God's word. While God doesn't normally communicate with us that way, it does not in any way diminish the fact that God does indeed speak to us. But if he doesn't talk audibly to us, Then how do we hear him? Well, if you look at these verses, they give us the answer to that. They tell us how God used to speak to people and how God speaks to us today. So let's dig into that a little bit more. First, verse 1 says that God, in various times and ways, spoke in time past to the fathers, that being the, the Hebrews' forefathers. He spoke to them by the prophets. Anytime you see that phrase, prophets, in the New Testament, that's a reference to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God spoke to men called prophets who then communicated God's message to his people. And as the author of Hebrews says, God did this in various ways. As one has noted, he spoke to Moses in a burning bush, to Elijah in a still small voice, to Isaiah. In a vision in the temple, to Hosea in his marital circumstance, to Amos in a basket of summer fruit. God also conveyed his message in the Old Testament through visions and dreams, through angels, through the casting of lots, through wars and natural disasters, and through sometimes very unusual symbols. For instance, God had Isaiah go naked and preach for three years. He had Ezekiel cook food over cow dung. First, he said cook it over human dung. And Ezekiel was like, God, really? Please don't make me do that. And he said, okay, we'll use cow dung instead. But he had Ezekiel do that just to get his message across. Various times and ways indeed. But then something happened. Everything changed. A transition took place. In terms of how God speaks to his people. We see it in verse 2. Where the author of Hebrews says, In these last days he has spoken to us, not by the prophets, but what does it say? By his son. So if the question is what, or rather who, changed the way that God speaks to his people, the answer is that it all changed with the coming of Jesus Christ. In our day, just as with the Hebrews, God speaks to us through Jesus. And someone might say, well, how does that work? Because Jesus isn't here among us. According to the Bible, he's currently at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. So if Jesus is not physically here with us on the earth, how does God speak to us through him? Ah, but he was here, wasn't he? Isn't that what we just got done celebrating? That Jesus was here. Jesus walked this earth for 33 years. And during that time, he lived a holy and sinless life, modeling for us with perfect semblance who God is and speaking to us the very words of God. And guess what? It gets better. We have a record of it. And not just any record, But an inspired, inerrant, trustworthy, and accurate record of Jesus' life and ministry and teachings. And not only that, but we also have the teachings of his apostles who learned at his feet. And you know what we call all of that together? The New Testament. The New Testament begins with the four gospels. Four biographies of the life and teachings of Jesus written from eyewitness testimony. Then we have the book of Acts, a history book, detailing how Jesus' apostles spread his gospel through the ancient world and how the church of Jesus Christ was born. Next we have the epistles or the letters written by Jesus' apostles, encapsulating 1 Corinthians through Jude in which they pass on his teachings to us regarding how we as Christians ought to live and how our churches ought to function. And finally, we have the apocalypse, the revelation written by Jesus' apostle John promising us that one day Jesus will come back again to claim his church, to judge the living and the dead, and that Satan will be defeated and that Jesus will reign forever and ever Brother and sister, never doubt that God still speaks. He speaks to us today by his Son, who is revealed in Holy Scripture through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you long to hear God speak? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. You will hear him in the pages of that blessed book both through the prophets in the Old Testament and through Jesus Christ in the New. Now, now that we've established that that God speaks to us through Jesus as revealed in the Word of God, let's talk a little bit about why Jesus is qualified to be the one God speaks through. Have you ever thought about that? Why does God speak to us in these last days through Jesus? Why not through an angel? Why not through a human priest or even the leader of some other religion like Muhammad or Buddha? Why Jesus? In the remainder of today's passage, we see six characteristics of Jesus that set him apart over and above everything else in the universe. Six characteristics that uniquely qualify Jesus to be the one that God speaks through. So let's read about these characteristics in the following verses, and then we'll talk more about them. Let's start with, um, let's actually back up to verse 1 again for context, and we'll read through verse 4. All right? God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, Through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they." All right, what are the six characteristics that qualify Jesus to be the one God speaks through? Let's list them out from the text. First, in verse 2, it says that Jesus has been appointed heir of all things. An heir is one who inherits the possessions of his father. And all that the father has becomes his. In like manner, all that God the father has created ultimately belongs to the son he is the heir of it all colossians 1 says that all things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by jesus through jesus and get this for jesus now the implications of that little word for are very important Because what that tells us is that every part of the world around us, the mountains, the oceans, the animals, large and small, especially us, mankind, all things were created as a love gift from the heavenly father to his beloved son. Every organism, every molecule, every cell of creation has the God-given purpose of bringing glory to Jesus Christ. And one day we'll do exactly that. Philippians 2 says, One day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why? Because Jesus is heir of all things. It all belongs to him. He is the crown prince of heaven. It was created for him. And no other being in the entire universe can make that claim. The second characteristic of Jesus that qualifies him to be the one God speaks through is that he has made the worlds. He is the creator of all things. Now some might say, wait a second, I thought you just said all things were made for Jesus. Now you're saying that all things were made by Jesus. Which one is it? Well, it's both. Pastor Bill said, yes. (laughs) The Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ God the Son was present in the creation of the world and, in fact, was the agent through which the Father performed his creative work. That Jesus was present in the creation is first implied in Genesis 1, in which God says, Let us make man, according to, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Well, to whom is God speaking there? Who is us? Who is our? Why would he use a plural pronoun? He's speaking undoubtedly to members of the Trinity. Father, Son, Spirit. Conferring with one another as they together create. The point for our purpose is that Jesus was there. He was taking part in the creation of the world. We also know that Jesus was present in the creation because we see it in John 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Well, who is the Word? The Word is Jesus Christ. Jesus is not a created being like us or the angels, but rather he is God and has always been with God, including before the world was ever created. Finally, in the passage from Colossians 1 that we referenced a moment ago, remember it said that all things were created by Jesus and through jesus so not only did jesus become one of us at his incarnation he actually made us think about that the creator entered into his own creation it would be like us painting a picture on a piece of paper and then jumping into it (laughs) it's crazy to think about the king over all things became a subject Who else in the universe can make that claim? No one. This is why Jesus is uniquely qualified to be the one God speaks through. This is why we must listen to him and surrender to him as Lord. The third characteristic of Jesus that qualifies him to be the one God speaks through is that he is the very image of God. Verse 3 says that he is the brightness of his glory, And the express image of his person. Very simply put, Jesus shows us who God is in a way that nothing else in the universe can. For instance, we can get hints of the glory of God in various ways, can't we? We can get hints of the glory of God by looking on his creation. The psalmist said, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. But as beautiful as the creation is, it only shows us hints. It only shows us shades of God's full, unhindered glory. Think about the last sunset that you looked at that was just blazing with all of those beautiful colors. That's just a tiny little hint of the full glory of God. Jesus, however, is, it says, the brightness of God's glory. Not a shade, but the brightness. To gaze upon Christ is to understand the full glory of the Father. Back to John 1 again, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld what? His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Verse 3 also says that Jesus is the express image of the Father. Now, the Greek word translated as express image is the word from which we get our English word, character. The idea is that of a stamp or a press inscribing a character, an exact image, a precise reproduction upon a piece of paper. It's like, some of you remember typewriters. It's like when you hit the key on that typewriter and that little metal stamp would strike that page with the image of that character, reproducing it exactly Every time you hit the key. In that same way, Jesus was an exact reproduction of the Father. Through his sinless life and faithful ministry, he showed us exactly who God is. To know the Son is to know the Father. He is his express image. Who else can say that? Nobody. This is why God speaks to us through Jesus. The fourth characteristic of Jesus that qualifies him to be the one God speaks through is that he upholds all things by the word of his power. If we go back to Colossians 1 again, it's kind of our parallel passage this morning, we see that not only were all things created by Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus, but it also says, and some of you may remember this from our sermon series last year, that in him all things consist Or some translations say, in him, all things are held together. The the idea there is that Jesus didn't merely create the universe and then wind it up like a clock and just let it go. No, he's active. He's involved in the creation. He is the glue that holds all things together. If you took Jesus out of the equation of the universe... If you removed his sustaining grace and power, it would all fall apart like that. It would just implode in a heartbeat. But thankfully for us, Jesus is upholding all things. And by the way, that word upholding carries with it the idea of not merely keeping things from falling apart, but also guiding and directing something toward its ultimate consummation. In this sense, we should not merely view Christ as Atlas holding the world on his shoulders, but we should view him as sovereignly moving and guiding the world toward its ultimate destiny in which he, Jesus, will one day make all things new. No one else can do this, only Jesus. This is why God speaks to us through him The fifth characteristic of Jesus that qualifies him to be the one God speaks through, according to the text, is that he takes away our sins. Verse 3 puts it this way. He purged our sins. Or we might say he cleansed us. He purified us of our sins. How did Jesus do that? Well, he went to the cross and he gave his life as payment for our sins to satisfy the wrath of God. You see, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. You and I are sinners, not Jesus. Jesus was sinless. We deserve to die for our sins, not Jesus. But Jesus loved us so much that he died in our place. He absorbed the punishment for our sins in his body. As one has said, he paid a debt he did not owe. Because we owed a debt we could not pay. On that cross, Jesus became the propitiation, the payment for our sin, enabling all of those who call upon his name to be saved and to have eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5 puts it this way He became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. When we repent of our sin and believe upon Jesus, trusting in his sacrifice on the cross as the payment for our sin, he purges us. He purifies us from the inside out. He takes our black heart of sin and he makes us whiter than snow. Who else can do this? Who else died on the cross for us? No one else. Only Jesus. This is why God speaks to us through him, The sixth and last characteristic of Jesus that qualifies him to be the one God speaks through is that he sits at the right hand of God. Now, the right hand of any king is a position of honor. It's a position of prestige. It's a position of power. When you sit at the right hand of the throne, that is the king's way of saying that you are over everything in the kingdom. And friends, until Jesus comes back again... The Bible tells us that's exactly where he's at. In Romans 8 it says that Jesus sits at the right hand of the God, excuse me, at the right hand of God making intercession for us to the Father. Jesus while he's sitting there at the right hand in that position of power prays and pleads to the Father on our behalf. Isn't that amazing? But the main point I want us to see is that Jesus is over all things. Verse 4 says that he is better than all things. Even better than the angels. Because by inheritance, he's obtained a more excellent name than they. Remember, we said Jesus is the heir, not the angels. Jesus is the heir. He is the son. He is the one who has always been with the Father, whereas the angels are just merely created beings. We'll talk more about that next week, an interesting passage. But bottom line, why does God speak through Jesus? Because he is the one who sits at the right hand of majesty on high. No one else in the universe has that spot of honor. That's Jesus' spot, only Jesus. That's why God speaks through him. In summary today, there are two primary things that I hope that we'll take from this sermon. Two things I'd like you to go home with, all right? So if you haven't been listening yet, listen now. Two things. Number one, God speaks to us through Jesus. That's first. Second, Jesus is better. He is higher. He is greater than anyone or anything else in existence. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is worthy To be the one God speaks through. The only question left for us today is how will you, how will I respond to Him? If God speaks through Jesus, and we know from our text today that He does, are we listening? Are we submitting our will to His? Have we surrendered our life to Him? as Savior and Lord. Jesus himself says to us in Mark chapter 1 and verse 15, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Let me ask you this morning, have you repented of your sin? Do you believe that Jesus died for you and rose again? Have you genuinely committed your life to him. Jesus is speaking. He's telling us these things. Are we listening? If you haven't given your life to Christ, you can do that right now. Call on his name anytime, anywhere, and he will save you. If you're ready to be a follower of Christ, I would invite you to please find me after the service. As soon as we dismiss, I'll probably just be here at the front of the room or maybe in the lobby, but find me. I won't be far Say, Josh, I need to talk to you about this. I want to be a Christian. I want to follow Christ. And I would love to pray with you and encourage you and help you with your next steps in doing that. Friends, Jesus is better. There is no one like him. God speaks to us through him. He is the only way to the Father. If you've not surrendered your life to him, please do that today. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Dustin and our praise team and our musicians, please go ahead and come on up. Father, thank you so much for this passage in the book of Hebrews. We thank you for it. We pray, Lord, that you would sink it deep into our hearts. That we would know that we would trust that Jesus is better. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us through Jesus. And God, I pray if there's anyone here today who has never committed their life to Jesus, that they would do that before it is too late. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.